Ray is coming home from college. Home to Beverly Hills. Who's he going with? Nobody. <laughs> and to his two closest friends. Do you ever think about me? All the time. Well, you've been away for a long time. I've met a lot of new and interesting people. This is great. The three of us together again, seeing you. Home to the rich. How's that my day? It's weird and stimulating. All you have to do is relax. I'm going to pay you back. All you need to do is trust me. I don't want to trust you, Julian. I just want my 50K, all right? The beautiful. You don't look happy. But do I look good? <laughs> and the out of control. I think Julian's in a lot of trouble. This cannot go on forever. You owe me a lot of cash. What's going on? I'm serious. He disappears, nobody knows where, and then he comes back like nothing ever happened. You've been busting your butt for Julian since day one, and it's a waste of time. Do whatever I can. I'll do whatever it takes. Where is he? What? You. Leave us alone. Julian! Everyone is accountable. Make me understand, Julian. I really want to understand. Sometimes you can have anything in the world your heart desires. Except the way it used to be. Andrew McCarthy, Robert Downey Jr., Jamie Gertz, James Spader. Check me out. I'm going to make a serious comeback. Great. Less than zero. Yet another holiday episode of the pod. This movie brings me back. I mean, it brings me back to being eight years old, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing based on the subject matter, but it takes me back to a, a very specific time. I'm transported, listeners. Yeah. My name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Ben Cheese, welcome yeah, back welcome. to hey, another guys. December episode. You were last on yeah. for Commando, but then you were also <laughs> on last year for uh, Dolly. Yeah. Uh, Dolly. Get to uh, Best Little, Hor- Be- yeah. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> Commando, Dolly. Absolutely. <laughs> Both of those right up our alley. But we watched Less Than Zero yes, today, indeed. directed by Merrick... Help me out with this last name. Kanyevska. Merrick Kanyevska, released November 6, 1987. Um, this is our third Brett Easton Ellis movie that we've done on the show. American Psycho, wow. we did Rules of Attraction, which is a Christmas episode that yeah. we did last year. Yes, so now we're rounding it out with less than zero. Yes. So right. I had not seen this movie until this afternoon. I can't <laughs> wait to hear what you think. Yeah. You have the, I think you have the opposite experience that... Pete and I do. Uh, <laughs> you have no nostalgia working for you. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, um, real quick, shout out to our friend Mike Toscano, who yeah. is our uh, Brett yes. Easton Ellis. He's uh, our archivist. He's our yeah. resident <laughs> Brett Easton Ellis uh, correspondent. And yeah. he uh, very like, graciously. graciously handed this one off to you because I don't yes. think that he cares for this movie. That He does not. I checked in with him and made yep. sure he was there was no bad blood if I did that. <laughs> so, um, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, he's he said he's not a fan, but I mean he likes yeah. it, but not it's for, right. for the reasons that we'll talk about. Right. Um, I mean, let me tell you. Let me just jump right in. Uh, you know, eighties and nineties nostalgia being what they are, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they 
they never quite, and I mean this, I'm sure this is true for 70s nostalgia and 60s nostalgia, so where they take one little element and kind of run with it, mm-hmm. but it's not really indicative of what it was like to be there. Right. And I feel like this movie is, it just captures that 80s sensibility yeah. that 80s nostalgia from today yeah. never gets. Yes. Know. And it's specifically that mid to late 80s. It's, like, different than early 80s. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not 1984. It is decidedly 1987. Yes. Like, when you watch as much MTV as we did, like, it's updated, like, to the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's it's great. Like, it's that kind of, like, like, they're a little bit hipper than, like, the early 80s. And they're, like, you can tell they listened to Depeche Mode, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie opens up with the Kiss song going into the holiday party. We'll we'll talk about that insane yeah. holiday party. But I was thinking, would these assholes be listening to Kiss? <laughs> like so, I feel like that's a little too Midwest. Like so, I was reading an interview with like Rick Rubin about it because he produced the soundtrack and yes. you know, with um with uh, Def Jam. Uh, no, not Def Jam. What am I talking about? Um, um, yeah, uh, Def Jam's. Direct. Yeah. Um, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking Def Jam comedy and I got mixed up. Anyways, Def Jam. No, records. Yeah. But he was like, he didn't really care for the LA vibe of it. And he was like, he was like, wow. okay, I want to make, put a soundtrack on there. That'll be a little bit more relatable to people in the Midwest who have the flyover. No states. Reference. Uh, yep. Yeah. Like the, they'll have no reference of going to like an LA party with like rich, right. Like Beverly Hills assholes at an art gallery. So maybe if mm-hmm. I throw on some like rock and roll or something like that, then, They'll have something to relate to. So that's so interesting yeah. because I just feel like Rick Rubin just has this quintessential like LA <laughs> kind of vibe when you think th- of the the stuff that he's he's attached to. You know? He said that he did not like the like he's he stopped reading the book because he was just like wow. they're assholes. Like, he's like <laughs> he was like, Okay, I got it. And he just kinda wanted to yeah, make a yeah. cool mm-hmm. soundtrack and like he was okay. just like, That's my mission is to make a, a good soundtrack that people want to listen to aside right. from the movie. Right. Um, and listeners, if they're not familiar, Rick Rubin is a right. prolific record producer right. um, that kind of was attached to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Who um, are in the movie. Run DMC, who, BC Boys. Yeah. Like, he really got to start mm-hmm. with them. And, like, as a, like, you know, like, kind of fusing rap and. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, and, hi- yeah, hip hop and, mm-hmm. and rock music. And, and he was, like. This kind of uh, kind of a crazy cult figure, like he had long hair and this crazy long beard. Very Andrew and WK. Of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and he had a reputation for just like if Rick Rubin is attached, then you know this like yeah. there's good, you know, taste behind it or whatever. Yeah. And so for him to be the music supervisor on this movie is pretty kind of important for you know the the credibility of I, of it. One other anecdote about that I heard was that. Uh, Brad Easton Ellis, like, saw him at a party, like, once he was already attached to the project and sent a note over to him via, like, a friend saying that, like, he always envisioned the movie ending with a Beach Boys song. And I guess Rick Rubin took that note and was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Won't be happening, but cool. (laughs) Tuck that away. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, It would have been an interesting soundtrack drop to put like god only knows at the very yeah, end yeah. of this movie and but there's don't you a, think that I mean, roger avery yeah i said don't you think somebody like roger avery would have done that if this movie was made later on you totally know, I yes, feel like, yes, yes yeah um uh but yeah i mean like there is that 60s like covers there's a lot of 60 covers of like yes, people doing yeah. that so there is an element of that but yeah i think that 
there was always a tension in the eighties between young people and hippies. So, Oh yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I mean, you know, um, hazy shade of winter the like oh. fucking better than the original in my opinion J- yeah yeah, yeah. That, and yeah. that's the thing it's i like, i forget that it's a cover you forget <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. freaking, this song that is like rips your face off with this like <laughs> you know this guitar riff at the beginning and it's like I... all of the bangles singing in a chorus it's not just Susanna. Yeah. You know? <laughs> i was obsessed with it i was like this and right when they released the bangles everything like mm. a couple years later i was full fledged like Bengals yeah. obsession. I was drawing the, them on my folders, everything. Oh, I love. Oh, I love that. My sister had the forty five of Hazy Shade of Winter. Oh, yeah, very cool. The shit inch. out of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that's the thing. It's like it's a freaking Simon and Carfunkel song. Mm-hmm. It's like you think like what? How could they have written this? Like, and okay, you're. And then when you. Like, I feel like when I first found out about it, I was probably in my 20s when I first realized that that was a cover. Oh, right? yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe they added this, like, killer guitar riff to, like, update the song for the right. 80s. Oh, no, it's there. It's, yeah, yeah. It's there. Because you know what I think of when I think of Simon and Garfunkel yeah. is killer guitar riffs. riffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I think that song has kind of become kind of synonymous with the movie. It's totally. interesting that it opens the movie on, like, not a static shot. But it's not the 80s MTV cut, cut, cut. It's just like, here's Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there it is. Very, you know, dramatic. We had to comment on those opening establishing shots that I do not remember the hard rock being. At the Beverly Center. At the Beverly Center. Yeah. So I was going to ask, like. Like, was Hard Rock Cafe cool at this time? No. Like, it was like, I mean, okay. <laughs> like, was it ever cool? Because he mentions it, it was, in the novel, too. I don't um, think, well, I don't know. Maybe it was for, for when it first, first, first yeah. came out on the scene. But then it kind of turned in, you know, turned into a touristy thing. But um, Pete, you know where he writes in the novel that they go to is that, help me out here. What's mm-hmm. that little car? It's like a train car that you go and get burgers. Oh, Carney's. Carney's. Yeah. yeah, he writes that in the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's on, that's on... So, I, can't, I always forget if it's on Sunset or Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sunset. On, yeah. I, yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, it's in, like, the heart of, like, West Hollywood Sunset Strip. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. like, a train car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the L.A. in this movie is... Uh, it's long gone, but there's shit going on in there that I'm just, It's like, kind of fun to see him drive around in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the streets are empty in this yeah. movie. And town. L.A. is not like a New York kind of town where it's like, oh, everybody leaves in the holidays. No. Yeah, yeah. The traffic gets worse in the holidays <laughs> in L.A. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know if this is this fairy tale element of the movie, but that the streets are empty throughout the entire film. Yeah. We were commenting on that the, um, throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, uh, is it a Corvette that Andrew McCarthy drives? Yeah. Oh, I have it in my notes. It is a... Uh... It's like a 56. It is a 1960 Chev- uh, Chevrolet Corvette yeah. C1 Cabriolet. Love it. Not a very practical car. No. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're you, especially when you're trio. Yeah. Especially when you're fitting in three people yeah, in those yeah, bucket yeah. seats. Yeah, we have a, a so, crack addict in the back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh. oh, and we're gonna get to it, but that's crack, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fully crack. I was yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. crack. That's not, I don't know if crystal meth was around in 85. out in the middle of the party. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Hey, want some crack? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, good so, Lord. And talking a little bit about the Christmas element of it, it's setting. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I saw it when it first came out, like, on video. I don't think I got, I didn't get to see it in the theater. 
Yeah. I saw it on video, like probably like eighty eight, and so it'd been yeah. like ten or eleven. But I was like, yeah. I've always like dreamed of like an LA Christmas ever since then. And I and then I also <laughs> sure. love a sad Christmas. Like I think like, I, I love right. a depressing Christmas. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a, just a sunny. I mean, that's 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 what I always remember. And my mo- my mom always tells a story of me being like four years old or something, and them being like it's christmas morning and running out to the presents and i look out the window and i was like where's the snow <laughs> <laughs> and everyone laughing mm-hmm. you know opening um, up presents by the pool yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, these <laughs> these christmas parties where people are just running around in like tank tops yeah uh, yeah i would have been very fascinated with that as a kid sure sure mm-hmm. um so i think we should get to brett easton ellis and the novel and the source material kind of Sure. Later on, I want to talk about the movie right now, um, and then we'll get to that. But I mean, the first thing is that you know when this movie comes out, it has this cast of you know at this time I think they're still pretty embroiled in this whole brat pack, yeah, sure kind of thing. I think it's right? I think they count as brat pack. They're not the yeah. main five from Breakfast Club or whatever. Yeah, but. you know, you get Andrew McCarthy, Jamie Gertz, Robert Downey Jr., and James Spader. And Jamie Gertz and James Spader sort of brat pack adjacent. Adjacent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think for all of them, obviously it's a departure, uh, not just in the in the tone of the movie, but, like, Andrew McCarthy doesn't have his, like, signature mullet. He's got, like, a short kind of a yuppie yeah. haircut, yeah. you know. You see those buns in oh, like yeah. the first <laughs> five minutes of the movie. He's Donald ducking it in the first <laughs> scene of the movie. I – so – I do not like Andrew McCarthy. I don't think have, I've never liked him. I, like, yeah. When I saw like, Pretty in Pink, I hated him as Blaine. Like, and so yeah. when I saw this, I was just like, Ugh. and every time I watch it, I'm like, that scene's coming up where he like gets out of bed in a long sleeve sweater, and it's gross. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Donald ducking it. Tiny little buns. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh in it. Um, Andrew McCarthy is a very like. I think people are. Hot or cold with him. I'm you're very pro. All in or you're. I'm very pro like Andrew McCarthy. I think he's very cute. He's like a dead fish. Yeah. I'm not into him. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the movie despite him. I, yes, yes. I th- I thought he had a cute face in Pretty in Pink, but I didn't like the Blaine character. Um, and then then he just I think for me it was his choices later on. You know, he goes from these movies. Straight to Mannequin. So he I, made I, Mannequin and this in the same year, as I, did as, as did Spader. Yeah, I I prefer him in Mannequin and uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Like, yeah, I don't like him as a love as, is, as a love interest or right. serious. Like as a goofball, I could take it. Yeah, and I think that's where I kind of liked him a lot more was in was in Mannequin, of yeah. course, and then yeah, then Weekend at Bernie's. Now I kind of look back on him, and he's got a very like. Uh, Matthew Perry vibe going on, which I don't sure. know if, like, uh, yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Matthew Perry was like, I'm TV's answer to Andrew McCarthy, but it's like, <laughs> in any, at any rate, I don't, I'm not here for it. Yeah. Um, you know, J- Jamie Gertz, we have. We're big Jamie Gertz fans in this household. I'm obsessed yep. at yeah. Atlanta Hawks. Um, yeah, I is love that her wild? On. Is that wild? I know. That yeah. shit is nuts. Yeah. I, I found that out this year that I think that I was just Googling worlds or like the richest women in the United States mm. and Jamie Gertz's name came up and I was like, no she shit. She is worth <laughs> she like $3.5 billion she, yeah. work. Yeah. 
I loved her on Square Pegs. Oh uh, my god, like, we love her. You know, Facts Pegs. of Life. Like she was just my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like yuppie mean girl. Um, yes, yeah. yes. She really perfected that kind of East Coast. Yes. You know, uh, college. Loved I don't it. know, sorority girl thing. And, um, yeah, we loved Muffy. We loved 87 would have been a big year for her because it would have been well, her stepping outside of her comfort zone that she has this character and also star in The Lost yes. Boys. Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's sort of like playing has- L.A., like bad, like bad girl, and then uh, and Santa then- Carla, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. beach waif. She brings the same dance moves, that kind of intense Ah, staring from the dance floor energy. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is interesting because she kind of started her career as this, like, East Coast waspy girl. And then now she's playing this, like, California. By coastal. Yeah, very, very interesting. But we love Jamie Gertz. I mean, there are some scenes in this movie where her dialogue (laughs) and her acting. I love (laughs) that line where she's like, like... Like, you don't look good, but do I look good? Yeah. <laughs> or you don't seem happy, but do I look good? But and then I she, like, good? immediately yeah. shifts to, we're going to get real serious now, huh? Yeah. There's also uh. that scene with Jamie and Andrew at the when they get to the party. Mm-hmm. And no joke, that scene between those two feels like a screen test between actors that have never met. Hi, have you seen Julian? No. He misses you. Now the three of us together like in high school. Why'd you call? I wanted to. Good reason. Well, there's more. I'm here. I think Julian's in a lot of trouble. Julian? I didn't know who else to call. I can think of about 500 people downstairs. No, he's in trouble. Old trouble or new trouble? He disappears, nobody knows where, and then he comes back like nothing ever happened, and and he's wasted all the time. Julian's been doing that since he's ten. No, it's different. I mean, he gets really sick. It's not like you remember. Will you just talk to him and then... I didn't come home to talk to Julian. Please? I gotta go. No, um... Do you ever think about me? Do you? Yeah. All the time. Which one? <laughs> he goes upstairs to meet her at the weird TV screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fake yes. snow party. And, the and they're sitting igloo. in the room. Yeah, yeah, and the fake igloo. And she's explaining what happens to yes. Julian. Yeah. Um, she's and like that a, scene is wild. She's like a coked out zombie the whole time. Like, she's yes. just kind of like, it's like. I think she's like a vampire still from Lost Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she's still half star. She's yeah, yeah. She's she's acting like in a kind of a different movie than everybody else, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so Andrew McCarthy's Clay, uh, Jamie Gertz is Blair. Yes, good name. Who I, I who I just good. immediately think yeah. of Blair, Blair Warner, Warner. Or, yeah. Blair Warner, <laughs> or or. Our, I think a Blair from the Facts of Life. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, isn't there a Blair and um, Blair Waldorf Gossip Girl? Yeah. yeah. So, and then we've got uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Julian, yeah. the maybe bisexual. Well, also, <laughs> isn't the character of Clay guy? written as bisexual yes. in the book too? Yeah, that they completely like, xed out of the script. Yeah. Almost all the the guys in the book are like bisexual. Like everybody's talking about like sleeping with with everybody, and like all the yeah. girls talk about the guys. Like, I think he's sleeping with so and so. Okay. Um, okay. 
Yeah, the, fluid, but, the sexuality is a lot more fluid and sure. casual in the mm-hmm. book. And okay. it's not treated as much of like a gay panic as it is in the movie. Right. Because, yeah. yeah, I do feel like in this movie, and we'll get to it later on, I feel like it's very much like Andrew McCarthy is saving him. From yeah. How low he's fallen, yeah. you know, between this like Palm Springs dude. <laughs> in this Palm Spring dude's lap. But yeah, Julian <laughs> is kind of like he wa- it's unclear. At first I thought he said he's going to have like his own record label, but then it sounds like he wants to be like a club promoter or like mm-hmm. own a I club. Think, I think it's like his he blows the record money on drugs since so his next yeah. thing to like get something going is to try and do a club. Cuz Bla- cuz Blair says at one point he lost his record deal. Yeah. Which sounds like a recording contract. Yeah. What's but it? I don't think that was the intention of that line. His dad is giving him, as a graduation present, a record company for him to start. A record called, company, yeah. Called Tone Deaf. Oh, uh, perfect. So, I love uh, it. Yeah. And it's going to be and huge. Maybe, and then he, okay. then he snorts it all. And, and his first and his first artists were going to be Tone Loke and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Def Leppard. It's only yeah. only Tone and only Defs. Yeah, I was I was reading that the opening graduation scenes were reshoots. Yeah. that when it didn't test well, they just felt like they had to put in a St. Elmo's Fire happy flashback. Yeah. to them graduating high school. Okay. Also, high school. I, when yeah. this movie opened, that we're like, oh, how, how old are these kids? Not 28, 18. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And when they because, come home for Christmas break, it feels like they are, are, they are already in their mid-30s. It's like a, when Dawson's Creek, the final episode, when they come back and they're all <laughs> 25, but they're acting yeah. 45 and they're drinking yeah. wine and settled down. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I did, and that's the thing, too. You know, rewatching it, I was just like, because as a kid, you have not, they're old, they're adults, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, this you time know? I was watching it, I was really trying to wrap my mind about what I was thinking as a 10 year old. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, like, in my mind, I thought it was just like, that's adults going to parties and like, yeah. And like going to clubs, and I was like, I can't wait. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, I mean, the, the, the Reagan just say no message mm-hmm. was very clear in that, but I was oh, like, absolutely. I want to go to the clubs and not do crack. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you watch this, it starts off with this graduation uh, ceremony at Occidental College, which is a small liberal arts school here in, in LA. Also which seen in the movie is, Clueless, which is in a lot of. Yep. Yeah, a lot of TV and movies. It's the high school in Clueless. It's in, it's the college in 90210, all that stuff. Um, and I'm going, is this college that they're graduating? Is this college? And then they say something, and it's like, oh, fuck, this is high school. And then it says six months later. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes from June to December. And these motherfuckers, Blair has become such a in-demand yeah. fashion model that she's Just got a house... Mix. J- j- neck up only uh, that she is living oh, in this loft. house in that loft yep. with a view of the ocean that she ruined right. with that horrible sketch art oh for painting. crying out <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man um, you know uh, yeah. B- Julian has blown however much money yeah. is was gone into this record label and Andrew McCarthy's just like fucked off to he he is at the school from Rules yeah. of attraction from Bennington. Oh, sure, like, Bennington. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bennington. is it the fake? Is it the fake? Mm-hmm. The fake Brady Snell's college. Yeah. Okay, yes. 
Um, so in six months, like all this craziness has gone down. Oh, so he goes back home, and I. I have we no had, words. We had a lot of questions about the room that he wanders into when that, he goes back home. Okay. What yes. is going on in Andrew McCarthy's bedroom? I paused it, took notes. I was di- I mean, doing a diagram. We freeze-framed no. free it, too. It. Yeah, I was this like, is okay. crazy. The, uh, um, the Mikhail Baryshnikov uh poster. Giant poster. A yeah. giant poster. A giant poster of his buns. Um, yeah. The, um, has a Husker Du thing, a... Uh, mm-hmm. Headshot of JFK Susan. Jr. Desperately yes. Seeking Susan. Desperately Seeking yeah. Susan. It was like, yeah, it was like, there was somebody who was like, maybe Mitch Gaylord? And I couldn't pick that. And like, maybe like Kip Winger. It was somebody with like a greasy Oh, the hair. long hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The long hair. I think it looked like it could have been Kip Winger. Yeah. The Mitch Gaylord might have been um, JFK Jr. Yeah, okay. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Teddy Bear. And pink sheets and like that kind of pink yeah. Memphis plaid I, sheet. And I was... I, I thought it was Jay- I thought he was sneaking into Jamie Gertz's house. <laughs> I think but, it was his the- sister's room, but I was like, why? But they didn't make that clear. So uh, it's almost like a weird miscommunication with the set dresser and yes. the director. That oh my god! They ended up doing the, the sister's room. room. I'm gonna say <laughs> that the set director is such a pro, and like the, the production designer <laughs> is such a pro that she did not miss something. This was no, a, this is a director's purpose. mistake. Like. <laughs> the the art director and set director, I mean, like the uh, production designer. No. Yeah, I give her the highest praise. She's done like <laughs> she did uh, making Mr. Right. She did True Stories. Oh. Um, she did Batman Returns. Oh shit! Um, and she just did like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and recreate a Hollywood Boulevard. So I mean, oh, wow. and she won an Oscar for that too. Yeah. Work. I'm yep. gonna uh, yeah, Barbara. Okay, it's like Barbara Ling because I was like trying wow. to find out as much about her mm. as possible because I was like she okay. nailed it. Yeah, because when. He goes right to the answering machine, yeah, and it's and it's a message from from Blair. So I was like, okay, this is not Blair's bedroom. Why would she be calling herself? It must be his place. But then, if it is the sister's room, I feel like it wouldn't just be the house phone line. He would definitely have his own phone, yeah, in his room. So I would just say, this... I'm, I'm very glad that y'all stopped and took yeah. as much consideration to <laughs> yeah. this as I did because no. I, I mean, I think I just fully stopped. I yeah. started researching. Like, no, what it makes zero wall. sense. Yeah, yeah. And then I think this movie is doing this thing that's kind of become the cliche of like, where are the parents? There's oh, no yeah. adults anywhere. Yeah. Like, who knows? You know? Yeah, that's very much in the book, too. Like, they're not yeah. a presence. Um, yeah. Uh, Clay's mother is um, from Party Girl. Yeah, his mom's in Party Girl. She mm-hmm. is. She's the, she's the club promoter woman. Where's oh, my mocktail? Renee. Yeah, Renee, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I've got to go back and I watch kept, it again now. I kept saying, where's my mocktail? Every time she was on screen. Um, but, the, but what it does, though, to me, it kind of sets up how fucking loaded these people are. Because oh. every time they show their houses that they grew up in, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is... Is it Jamie Gertz's house, like her parents' house, that it can't even fit into the full... Into the frame. Into the frame <laughs> of the shot. It's so massive. That was like a pool on the roof or something. And it's a oh, giant yeah. crane shot, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was reading about what the houses that they shot at, and, like, I don't know. Yeah, them, yeah. But, like, yeah, I would probably know the L.A. locations. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing, too. So it just looked like Beverly Hills or, like, Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Um, but um, the... So they immediately start going out 
and all of the clubs and parties that they go to, I was never sure. I was like, is this a house party? Is this a club? Is this a venue? What's so, going on? So Barbara Ling, the production designer, went out to um, a couple of like graduation parties for like for like LA high school uh, like rich kids and like did oh. some kind of research and they they were like they were spending like millions of dollars on these like parties and she was sure. just, like she was she went to one where they had like a fake snow machine like yeah. producing snow and she was like okay these people are like doing like full scale like productions for their parties mm-hmm. um, yeah because the first party had snow by the pool yeah, yeah. so and, I was like oh fuck and that, that was, was the and that was James Spader's party right no it was the it was like one of the girls from his high school like the, okay yeah. Alana and. That has the like let's the MIT girl? together. <laughs> um, they got the winter okay. wonderland theme going on with fake snow, but also stacks of TVs. I'm telling you, <laughs> that party scene is like influenced so much of my life. It's like it yeah, just like it. That was the pinnacle of like adulthood. It was like I'm gonna go oh, to a club yeah. with oh, stacked yeah. TVs yeah. that are running video loops mm-hmm. and. Like, you know, like, has, like, Marilyn Monroe clips with, like, NASA and, like, there's, like, this, like, Joan Collins that's sword so and sandal MTV. movie. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all, so MTV of just cutting together yeah. iconography and, like, pop culture and kitsch. Yeah. This and, weird like, art installation at this house party. Yeah. I, I mean, like, when I tell you, I, I probably just passed out on the floor when I saw that as a kid. I don't know. Like, I was, like, <laughs> obsessed with stacked yeah. TVs. Um, yeah. Is it, a, is it a thing rich people ever did with stacked TVs like that? <laughs> I mean, I think it was just like a video installation. Because like on the Christmas yeah. tree, there are like tiny miniature TVs oh, that are Jesus. ornaments. And like... Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely kind of like an L.A. art like yeah, installation. Yeah. And that was one of the things she said that she tried to do for the production design. She was like, everyone was like investing in art in the 80s. And it was just sort of like having like giant oversized canvases. And, yeah, and, yeah. That and, makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and like being yuppies and investing in art. Mm-hmm. As a, and just, yeah, status and all that. Yeah. I just imagine if I'm like a rich, spoiled LA teenager and I'm having my lavish graduation party and this woman is like can i come in and like take notes <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no. I, mean, I mean maybe maybe barbara ling was pretty cool though and was, she could and she thinking, could hang with the kids or maybe yeah. she just knew some parents or something and yeah they're like you're gonna have my friend come to your party <laughs> she's gonna take notes well i mean like they were probably all business industry people yeah. so like yes. there was probably yes. like the father was probably a producer you yeah. know, and yeah. like you know, that's so. a, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's the only way she would have gotten her way in there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it makes sense. It's like you know, to, we see now like Super Sweet Sixteen and <laughs> yeah. all this shit, and it's yeah. like it happens. People blow money like that on their kids yeah. for shit yeah. that is like <laughs> not even that important. So I, I can definitely see it, especially at this time, like you said, with these like yuppies and the right. status of like art installations and all that stuff. It's it's very LA. And I, I was reading that uh, Brad Easton Ellis is like. His, like, college graduation party was, like, a huge thing that people talked about. And, like, Andy Warhol showed up to it and, and things. So it's, like, wow. It was a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, by the time Brady Sinellis was graduating yes. from college, this had already yes, broken. Because mm-hmm. he was, yeah. So he was a name. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like they could have even pushed that part of the movie even further into satire. Maybe that's something that the director, Merrick, wanted to do. But the studio probably just felt like... This movie's already crazy. Yeah. yeah like, we can't take it any further. <laughs> yeah. They definitely, they were... like, they were nervous about doing the, the book. They were like, how do we do this? Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, because the yeah. book was, like, 
so notoriously like nihilistic and they were just sort mm-hmm. of like, how can we depict this? And they were like, we have to make this, a, I mean, like this is a Fox movie. Yeah. They, and yeah. with, yeah. with three big stars. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so they were like, they can't show them like having gay sex and snorting like all the mm-hmm. drugs and not caring yeah. about it. Yeah. I would imagine that they probably went through numerous passes at the script to get what ended up on film. And they still took this movie away from the director. That oh, I don't yeah. think that he really had a say in the final cut of the movie. And it's pretty much probably why he left Hollywood and never really did anything major after. It was probably his experience off this movie. Right. Well, I think in this party they do kind of – there's some things and little shots that – kind of give a nod to the fact that it's not just going to be people in LA watching this movie. Cause he's fully like, Hey, you got like a TV between your yeah, legs. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like he, like I think clay for, for, for better, or for worse is the audience surrogate. For he's sure. the one that's just like, Whoa, look at the excess. Look at, you know, even though he's from as much privilege as they are. And yeah. And, and it's, it's very different than the book because in the book, he's very kind of like one of them. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and participates in everything, and he's not then mm. like just say no. Um, kind of your amoral protagonist. Yeah. yeah, but like I, I, I don't think there's another way to have done the book. Right. You know, and, sure. unless it would have been had to be like more like American Psycho or Rules of mm-hmm. Attraction, where they're it's just their inner monologue the whole time, and that yeah. wouldn't work for this kind of movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's interesting that the just say no thing that you mentioned because be, because we did watch. Siskel and Ebert. Oh, yeah. To prep for this. And Gene Siskel mentioned, like, kind of mentioned that, like, was it, wait, was it Gene Siskel or was it somebody else that I read that they said that he was an advocate for, like, an anti drug advocate or something? That was something I read in Wikipedia. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Gene Siskel gave the movie a hard time thinking that it was glamorizing doing drugs. Yeah. Which Roger Ebert was like, no, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. Um, yeah. He was like, it, it made drug use look bad and scary. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if it does that to your lips, I'm out. Oh, my so God. Those shit. shots. He was he was brave for doing that. Oh. He, yes. So brave. <laughs> that was a very brave Okay. I have a question for both of you <laughs> yes. that I was kind of coming to terms with this when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Does Robert Downey Jr., either from the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, mm-hmm. does he do it for you? Eighties, yes, I was with him yeah. for Weird Science and mm-hmm. uh, Back to School, um, and this. I was like, yeah, like I was on board with him. Oh, he would yeah. have, he would have made all of those movies like back to back too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he did a pickup artist right after this, which I watched because it was him and Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. and it's not that good, but I watched it a <laughs> thousand times anyways. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I kind of checked out on him after that. Like I never, once he came back, I was, I never cared yeah um yeah same i mean mm-hmm. good for him yeah no same i think at the time it's like in weird science he was like the 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 bully but i still was like all right like he's got the yeah, like, long like, eyelashes yeah i think i think i think robert rustler is sort of the cuter <laughs> one of those two in that movie sure i mean i'm don't make me choose <laughs> i kind of go back and forth if i think he's cute or not but, you know, like you said, Ben, when he was in uh, Back to School mm-hmm. and then in Weird Science and, and even to an extent in this, he kind of had a little, like, fashion yeah. flair, you know, going wavy. on. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of, like, yeah, ambiguous 
Mm-hmm. You get that pompadour hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of the pompadour, before we, before we move away from the party, did y'all see Brad Pitt? In so the party we, scene? Didn't, we couldn't, we we didn't couldn't see him. him. So he's in the opening party scene. Yeah. Extra. He's wearing like a pink tank top and he has like giant Johnny Suede pompadour. And like he literally is <gasps> okay. just like dancing in the background for a second. We'll get a screen grab for it. Yeah. Johnny Suede. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. Yeah, he, that, that, that makes perfect sense for him to, for him to, he was owned because right I think that he auditioned for the role of Clay, or he oh, was he was being okay. considered for Clay. Okay, and that okay. also um, James Spader was supposed to be Clay, but then they decided he would be the better uh, as the well, drug yeah. dealer. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, and as Rip, Rip, total mm-hmm. Rip. <laughs> oh my God. The, yeah, the yeah. scariest so, yuppie drug dealer ever. Is the character <laughs> of Rip supposed to be hinted that he's gay? I think so. Yeah, I think this is boyfriend slash bodyguard slash yeah. Goon. Oh my god, it's the Buck goon. from uh, it's Buck from Kill Bill from Kill Bill. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Buck and he likes to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I recognize him from some other things. I can't remember now. Yeah, Bill, Bill the Goon. You remember yeah. Bill? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Just yeah, Spader as as this character. Um, like you know, that. I read also that Brady Stanellis was kind of like. Oh, I just imagined all these characters to be blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was not <laughs> happy with the movie. like, uh, And he kind of just dismissed it and moved on with it. Well, but I know that he's sort of come back around to it. I the he, kind of within the past few years when he's revisited it, I think that he said that he appreciates certain elements of the movie. Yeah. I think that he initially really liked Robert Downey Jr. and James Spader. He really felt Jamie Gertz was incredibly miscast but when yeah. he said that he revisited the movie recently he said that he thought she was really well used in it so yeah he, he sort of came around to it yeah i think he, he kind of recognized that it captured the moment that it was made and it's not his book i mean you know, it's not his story but right yeah. right it, it's a great artifact for the time yeah absolutely um so i like <laughs> Andrew McCarthy in this movie it's oh I remember what I was thinking that that Siskel had wrong what he what Gene Siskel had wrong was that he kept saying that Julian stole Blair from Clay that Robert Downey Jr uh, and Jamie Gertz are now dating and yeah Andrew it's... McCarthy's coming back onto the scene and is jealous now and it's like is that is that happening? Was that I mean, in the like, press kit? <laughs> I feel like like they kind of talk about it being a thing. He's like, "Oh, we'll we'll do this for the rest of our lives," and like going back and forth, and like, mm-hmm. "I'll I'll take her from you, and then you can take her back," and all this stuff. And I was like, "But yeah. it doesn't feel like that's happening it, from no. Blair's yeah. point of view at all." But know. like, they are kind of talking about it as if that's the thing. Um, but okay, all right, I yeah. See. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of relationship is forced on the movie and not in the book. Like, sure. there's not mm-hmm. like the three of them as a trio in the book. It's just kind of like they're one of yeah of many characters, and so Big group. Yeah, this like love triangle is just for the movie. Okay, and I didn't even really feel it as a love triangle. No, while watching no. it, you know, it's just like okay, they're all, they're just friends, and they're all just trying to. These two are just trying to get help their one friend yes. get his shit together. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and as they're you know just going from 
party to party. Um, so yeah, there's there's scenes where you know Clay and Blair are like driving through the streets of what I'm assuming is downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, it kind of looks like they're going over the bridges at, at one point. Yeah, okay. But also kind of looks like they're driving around uh, like Century City too. What's that? Yeah, what's that famous? Yeah, I don't know. They drive through. Um, in this movie. Yeah, it's like when they, when they, when they stop and she gets out of the car and they're talking. Is that the one that goes like out to Pasadena? I was wondering if it was the one ten two, but the that's, that's yeah. definitely not the that's definitely not the one ten freeway. No. We think okay. that it's around Griffith Park. Those are the those okay. are the tunnels okay. in Griffith Park. Yeah, yeah. those that's where uh, Marty McFly almost got ran over by Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it's, okay. That's how you get yeah. into Toontown. I think it's that road going it up is. to the territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just they're just driving all over the place and stopping damn. in the middle of the road to make out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how this car is not more beat the hell up than it actually is because like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is hanging out of it half the time. <laughs> like the I thought the motorcycle like gang, I thought they were gonna like oh, yeah <laughs> stop and beat them up or steal the car or Take something. Their hubcaps or but something. They were just driving by and it was just adding to the ambiance of the night. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, oh, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of like, aren't we wild LA kids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit gets weird. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden, we, I mean, we, we get that like Julian's doing drugs and he's a little in too deep with this and jamie gertz with his is, dealer yeah jamie gertz is you know taking taking hits and all that, that line stuff. that she does right after right after the <laughs> like the photo shoot that holy is holy shit that is a lot of coke i've seen in my life but we find out very early on that robert downey jr owes rip james spader fifty thousand dollars <laughs> now yeah. i i assumed and they kind of made it seem like at the beginning, maybe he borrowed the money from Spader and Spader fronted him the money to, like, start up the business again. But it's like, no, he didn't borrow money. He just owes him that much for drugs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how math I guess, works. I guess. Yeah. I'm not good at math, but that's a lot yeah. of that's drugs. A lot of, be dead. That's a lot of drugs. For six months. And, and then in the middle of James Spader, like, shaking him down. Where's my 50K? You owe me 50K. Yeah. Like, I'll get it for you. Can you front me another gram? (laughs) (laughs) And he gives it to him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is probably why he owes you $50,000, James Spader. He's not a very good dealer, apparently. (laughs) I I feel like he knows how to to trap him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, we, we, we find out in short order that it's gone from cocaine straight to crack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. They never – it's never – or maybe that is heroin. Because yeah, you I'm can not, smoke heroin too. I guess he could. I, I, yeah, in, the, in the book, he does heroin. I assume maybe yeah. – I'm figuring gonna, maybe they updated it for 1987 to crack. But I, I, right, right, right. And I'm make it more L.A. Like yeah. that's like a very – yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I mean, that like, was the one thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Whitney famously <laughs> says we're not crack broke. Whack. We, don't, we don't do crack. <laughs> so maybe. That's true. Maybe that is too much to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is three, like, 
obvious non-drug users here. We're just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like, in a pipe. This message worked on me. As a, as yeah, a seriously. Nancy Reagan scared the hell out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're assuming it's crack. It could very well be heroin. Right. Maybe that's how it got to, to 50 Gs yeah. in such a hurry. In six months. Listeners, I mean, leave a leave a comment. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a crack or heroin user and you can tell us what, what it is he's doing, let us know. Um, but, I mean, James Spader has one way that he can work out his unpaid bills. Turning yes. them tricks. Turning those tricks. <laughs> dropping them off at the hotel. He's so smooth and sleazy and perfect. Oh, my God. Oh, like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's like Steph moves yeah. to yeah. L.A. And, like, Seriously. Yeah. They're kind of like uh, we're, always present, like always around in the lurking in the shadows. And like yes, mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. kind of popping up out of nowhere. Yeah, in that in uh, in a linen suit. Um, I, I love that. Like it's later, but when they when he makes uh, Julian go and do do tricks in Palm uh, Springs for the New mm-hmm. Year's Eve party, that Springs. party that he's having is like that like international male gays that are there. Like yeah. all in, like, I know. Uh, meanwhile, I'm like. I'm like, meanwhile, I, I kind of want to join this party. <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> this is a cool party. <laughs> but also, there's one woman there. There's like a woman just there in the back. I'm like, is this like a like a Palm Springs prostitute hoe party? There's like a lady there. Like, what's she's, going on? She's just there. She's restocking yeah. M and M's and pretzels. Yeah. She's in she's in Palm Springs with her gays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, Someone you guys disappearing, yeah. disappearing into your rooms for so long. I know what's going on in there. She's keeping the shrimp cocktails coming. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I mean, the first the first tricks he turns are at like oh, the yeah. sleazy hotel. It looks like it's the hotel from Commando. <laughs> she is. Getting yeah, pegged. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I love that he fully just like he does the one trick, and then Bill's like, "All right, we got like three more," yeah. and he just beats it. We runs. <laughs> He's just like hit the bricks, Bill. <laughs> yeah. So actually, when I. When I watched like Tangerine for the mm. first time, it reminded me. I was like, "Oh, this is like the non Beverly Hills version. It's the same thing. It's like turning yeah. tricks and doing drugs on Christmas, like in yep. L- yeah. LA. Um, <laughs> it's the like the non parent funded drug habit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the the other side of the coin. Um, but yeah, it's funny because I like. I don't know. I guess I just don't remember these scenes, or maybe I just never watched the entire movie all the way. Or maybe through. you didn't quite connect the dots when you were young. Yeah, what exactly I, he's doing? Absolutely. What about you? This is, <laughs> this is definitely a movie that made me gay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just sort of like, oh, okay, I know that sex is happening between them, and yeah. uh, I was already kind of like obsessed with Robert Downey Jr. And mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, yeah, it was very. I felt like very yeah. like I've got to like secret. Keep it a secret how much I love this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the, in the scene when uh, Andrew McCarthy s- rescues him yeah. from the horrors of, of gay hodom, <laughs> he is on his knees Oh yeah, uh, in this hotel room yeah. with his like underwear, his panties like around his ankles <laughs> for realsies. Yeah. Like he picks him up and like pulls up his pants and it's like, oh, yeah, that something. Robert Downey Jr. is naked. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not like The Shining he's, when they walk in on the the no, bear. He's fully and, committing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and like in the I don't know if you want to keep talking about comparisons to the book, but oh, it's, fine. it's um like 
the Quay character goes along with him because he's trying to give him money and get him help and get him out of it. But he's also like kind of darkly just goes along with him and he's like, I want to see what's going on. He's just kind of curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he like goes along. He's like, I kind of want to see like the, the depths of darkness that you will go to for this drug addiction. And so he goes to the trick with him and just watches because the guy likes to be watched and he just Uh, doesn't step in, doesn't do anything, doesn't help him. Sure. And like, that's kind of, that's the kind of nihilism that's in the book. That's not in the movie. Like, yeah, the clay character is a participant and just kind of watches and an observer and like feels a little bit above them, but also participates in it. So, okay. Yeah. We, we weren't ready for that. No, no. no. (laughs) But, um, you know, I also read that Robert Downey Jr. Kind of said that like the director told him to like you and Andrew McCarthy, like go out and party and get to know each other and all that stuff, which maybe famously started his, (laughs) Oh, drug addiction. Yeah. Like, he definitely yeah. came off of this movie with a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And he calls it, I think he's, like, called this performance the ghost of Christmas future. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure that, I'm <laughs> sure Jamie Gertz didn't participate. Not my Jamie. I'm sure she went home right after, I'm sure that, that she went home right after set house, every day. So. <laughs> no, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh. I love, yeah, I love that scene. Like after she does the model, her her model shoot, and she she snorts coke, and then she's talking to Clay and brushing her hair, and just like has the most like vacant, weird look on her face, and it's just like, yeah, call me. Like, am I going to be around for Christmas? <laughs> I was just like, she's given this like performance. It's not necessarily belongs in the movie, but she just looks right. so spaced out and so weird and so out of it that like I don't know. I just always loved her. And she's, yeah, and she's yeah. beautiful in this movie. She's, yeah. Like, she looks great. I mean, she wears all those clothes so well. And, like, her hair. When she had that ponytail <laughs> and the leather jacket mm-hmm. and, like, the ponytail with the bumps. Oh, with the, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, so many good looks. I mean, do you think that, like, girls were taking in uh, this, her look torn out of a magazine? Oh, from I this think, movie to like, yeah, to I like mean, when she had when she like had the curly salon. hair, when yeah. she had curls, yeah, that's goals right the, there. Those first scenes yeah. that like girls like emulated that hair that hairstyle. Totally, like yeah. every girl in my like seventh grade class had that hair. But yeah, when she had the ponytail with the like scrunched up into little, that's like a drag look. Like queens still wear that ponytail oh, like, totally, to this totally. day. <laughs> you know that's kind of, that's cool. Like yeah, the leather jacket, the motorcycle jacket, all that shit. She was pulling it off. Yeah, I mean not looking like an. 18 year old just graduated high school <laughs> but you know. no, yeah she looks sophisticated i loved it um she yeah she kind of spends the movie like she's worried about julian but she's still just like casually doing these you know doing these rails mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it doesn't really have too much of an effect on her, like, life or career. It seems like she's kind of yeah. able to... Yeah. She's functional. She's um, functional. Yeah. But then we get to the... I think it's a, the the weird, like, art gallery in Palm Springs. Yeah. Where Which, all the girls are there and the one girl's like, Rusty Pipes. Did you <laughs> notice... Um, Heather McNamara. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to say, from yeah. Heather's. Yeah, Lisa, yeah, yeah. Um, Lisa, Lisa Falk. Lisa Ann Falk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the other girl looked familiar too, but I couldn't figure out from what. But um, 
But when her nose started bleeding, I immediately thought Rusty Pipes because that's <laughs> in that's in uh, Rules of Attraction. And then she said it. Oh, oh sweet. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what Jessica Biel says it in Rules of Attraction. I've got to watch that one again. Like that's someone that's yeah. fresh on my brain. Mm-hmm. I mean that one. It's a throwback. We will. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's when she finally is kind of like okay, and when she dumps it all down the drain. We're just like, just give it to, just you give could, it to Heather. You, you could have given it to Heather. <laughs> yeah, that was a little snotty. Performative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love that the two, of, the two of them are just like, what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> but that too is very, that's very like LA. Like that's almost like something in Heather. That is something they said in Heather's. What a waste. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but as in Heather's, it was like satirical and right. like funny, you know. And in this movie, they're just like. Oh. And it's kind of in these scenes that you really see the it ramped up of look at these beautiful people being so ugly. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of like the yeah. the main yeah. theme yeah, of no, that, all of these rich kids. Yeah, there's no satire or subtlety or anything. It's all young adult novel mm-hmm. seriousness. And so mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. that's really. The main downfall of the movie is that it doesn't – it takes itself a little too seriously and it doesn't. Right. Yeah. It's not It's not as cool and feeling as the book. The book is really edgy and just feels very hip. Even still now, it feels like fresh and like the movie just takes itself too seriously. Right. But I mean it had to. Like it was a – Yeah. A, sure. It was a big budget 80s movie with teen stars that were a big deal at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also you just kind of look at the landscape of teen movies in yeah. the 80s. I mean, you didn't really get teen dramas like this. I mean, it was usually just comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the John um, Hughes was like as serious as it got for teens. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they never really they, – they tackled like – yeah. Bullying and self-image and things like that, but never like... No, no, no. <laughs> you saw underage drinking, but it was never really a big deal. I mean, you never really saw drugs house. at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever Julian would go on these drug binges and they would just find him. In all of L.A., uh, yeah. they would <laughs> yeah. just... I know where this he's at, par- Zuma. This park bench. Yep. When I was watching it this time, I was like, is he on the same rock that Gene Kelly goes to in Xanadu? Is oh, God. <laughs> it it kind of looks like that. It very well could okay. be. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that one iconic rock that everybody, all the drifters I mean, the, and go to? There's only certain certain beaches that have those like outcroppings that you can get to. And so it had to be. They mentioned Zuma, and I don't think that shot it at Zuma. I've never been. Um, also, it's like, is... Robert Downey Jr. walking there? Does he have a car? I don't know. Is he wandering from his dad's house to the beach? He's just, like, taking down pedestrians, like, yeah. willy-nilly as he gets from one, like, yeah, one spot to another. Uh, when he breaks into his own house. Oh, yeah, yeah. To steal CDs? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And those CD holders the to push to get yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgot about those. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, like, those are twenty bucks a piece mm-hmm, back in mm-hmm. the day. Yeah, um, and then like, yeah, we get we get like the dads, just the tough love of like, you, you know, you got to get the hell out of here. That was the most and, after school special moments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, there's there's zero people who care. There's zero parents who step in and care in the book. Yeah, yeah, and like the the younger brother even that's yeah. like get out, like all that. I'm like, all right. 
Yeah. All right. And that definitely feels like it's some of that is tied into like his his reading gay. You know. Oh like, like sure. The, like him him being kicked out of the house for being gay. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Because then later on, when he finds the dad and like in the tennis court too, mm-hmm. when he's just like, "All right, I'm ready." Like, let me come home or whatever. Yeah. I think at that point, does the dad take it? Like, yeah. What does the dad say? He's like a tough love. Like, give me, yeah. show me you can stay sober for a week and, you know, we'll try. So throw him back. back out into the street for a week? Like, that yeah. is so not, like. Yeah, I can't remember what the deal was. It was... <laughs> no, I think that was it. You're yeah. right. He said, show me for a week. And it's like, just send him to rehab. <laughs> well, he did say, like, you broke out of rehab or something. Yeah. So I mean. it's like, I don't know. You're. It's an 18 year old, 19 year old kid. Let him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking take him in. Send him back to rehab again. Maybe it'll work this time. <laughs> Shit. Um, but again, the state of Andrew McCarthy's, like, not Andrew McCarthy, of uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his, like, deteriorating, like, face. Oh, yeah. His, throughout this movie. Yeah. His, the, the lip, uh, whoever, the, heard, lip. the lip makeup should have got an Oscar nomination. Oh, my God. The lip makeup situation yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, I never remember Robert Downey Jr. have such having such pouty lips. <laughs> that's his gig. But yeah, that's his gig. His huge, gigantic eyes, and yeah. he's like, and he's got like a, he's got like big lips. Yeah. <laughs> that's his whole gig. So it makes him so pretty because he's got like a fe- kind of a feminine face, like in the yeah, yeah. At, at that time. And they even put him in age. eyeliner too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he had those those lashes and that feminine face. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, okay, so, I mean, I guess it has been six months of, you know, heavy drug use. I'm assuming there's drinking in there as well. But, like, when they finally do save him from the high-class gay sex party. Right. Which doesn't, I mean, again, like we, we've already said, doesn't look that bad. It could have been worse. I feel like the, yeah. ho- I've been to the hotel room. Yeah, I've, yeah. Parties. <laughs> we've all been to seedier uh, <laughs> homosexual events in our lives. Um, the turn in tricks in the hotels was worse for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, it does kind of seem like he's really rescuing him from like, this is as far yeah. as he could go. Is I mean, and this was... I mean, like, by 1987, more so than the book, this would have been way more in the era of, like, an AIDS yeah. panic, mm-hmm. too. You know? mm-hmm. But it would have been implied that he's going to catch it. He's going to catch yeah. AIDS. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, Andrew McCarthy going, just running in there, like, pulling his pants up and, like, kicking him out and getting him in that, in that car. And the, okay. That car. <laughs> this this Corvette, those are like actual, when they say like bucket seats in the car, like yeah. this is what they <laughs> like mean. Like you're oh, going to yeah, be yeah. sitting low in that seat. <laughs> but like there's also no s- middle seat. Oh, yeah. the the person riding in the middle is fully going to be like straddling the emergency brake. It's like a, it's like that's, a that's when I believe that they were 18 to 19 year olds because only, <laughs> yeah. only a, a young man would put up in yeah. that kind of situation. Yeah, and be able and be able to fit their their bodies, three, yeah. three bodies in that in that. Car. Yeah, I, like if you if I'm in my 30s and you pull me out of a situation like that, and be like, let's wait for another car because I'm not yeah. getting into that. <laughs> Can like, we call? Yeah, I need to sit. I'm not sitting on the hump. Yeah, no, we're we're rich. <laughs> let's just go rent a car. 
<laughs> we're not we're not regular people here. <laughs> okay. So. This man fully I mean, spoiler alert, 35-year-old movie. <laughs> this man fully dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the car. In okay. First of all, it is and from LA and let's say they live in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Beverly that's, Hills, Hollywood Hills. That's quite the drive. That's a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour yeah, drive to yeah. Palm Springs. Yes, we get it. Maybe even but over three. For, I would say, three-quarters or more of the drive, you're on a regular freeway. Yeah, you're on highways. I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> you, do they you take really, the back roads? Yeah. You really don't get kind of the the desert portion no. of the road until you turn off and you're t- driving when, right into Palm Springs. When they're driving between those giant windmills, yeah. that's an accident. They're lost. How like, like, yeah, yeah, okay. are they? I mean, I've done this drive no, a couple did, times and I was like, this doesn't add How up. did you end up in Death Valley? There's no reason to be between those damn windmills <laughs> driving out there. Um, this is dramatic effect. Yeah, they should have stopped at the... The peewee dinosaur place. I mean, yeah, right there, there in Cabazon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, uh, that would have been a good... He could have had his cool. OD out inside of the <laughs> of the dinosaurs yeah. at, at the Cabazon outlets. At sunrise? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, See, because I, now they have to drive home two hours with his dead body in between them. I mean, hopefully they have a cell phone in the car. <laughs> I mean, oof. I would have got out. It's yeah. Like, no. Jesus We're going to take the flag wheel. somebody. Yes. Um, <laughs> called an ambulance or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, and that scene where he, like, uh, ODs and they're trying to help mm. him, like, recover, oh, you know, he's like, yeah. Um, like, going through withdrawals all night as, like, mm-hmm. super intense. And, like, that was very scary for me as a kid. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was, that's, a, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's an intense scene. And watching it, too, I'm just like, is this one night? Is it several days? Like, yeah. I think it's just intended to be a night. In yeah. The movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a very intense scene. There's a lot of oh. vomiting and more like, and also we skipped over the, um, maybe like one of the best graffiti of all time. In, in a, in oh, sure. The Julian it's on the wall, good right? Julian gives dead. good head. Julian good, gives good head. <laughs> Love it. Dead. I remember writing that on like school notebooks and things. That's oh <laughs> my god, that's amazing! And also, this is now this is Jamie Gertz's loft. Yes, right. Okay, yeah, so they've like ruined loft. her fashion model loft with her like oh, yeah. um, bespoke mural. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> yeah, her like kind of eighties Memphis. Yeah. Uh, like thing, and then that horrible drawing that they put up of the three of them that keep that just to remind Ooh. you, like, oh, we used to be friends. Not, oh yeah. yeah, not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a pencil pencil sketch or something. Yeah, this is this is where I'm watching the movie, and and Scott mentioned it as we're watching, and we're like, how did Joel Schumacher not get his hands on? Yeah, that? I think <laughs> so, that he was yeah. just too busy. I think he was just too busy making the Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah he went for Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Was already in post. Yeah. Um, because because that shot with Julian gives good head and is dead, it starts from outside the window and it like pans pushes yeah, in yeah. and there's like her curtains are flowing but they're not quite flowing enough. I feel <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I feel like Schumacher is it the is it the love scene? Well, the love scene too. I would, I'm thinking of the love scene that's very Schumacher. Yeah, the love scene is very Schumacher, but yeah, when the oh when God, the apartments yeah. all <laughs> that yeah the Christmas Eve. Sex scene, and I'm like, mm-hmm. is that when they play Aerosmith or something? And it's just like, 
forgot what song it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as someone who was not attracted to Andrew McCarthy, like mm-hmm. I did not want to see him doing that to Jimmy Kurtz. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't see a lot of love scenes like that in movies anymore. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. I am looking at the box office top 10 when this came out the weekend of November 6, 1987. I mean, number one at the box office was Fatal Attraction. This oh. movie came out the same day as Hello Again. With Shelley Long. With Shelley Long. Tough. Baby Boom was yeah, Baby yeah. Boom was still making a lot of money. Less oh, than baby. zero. Uh Cher is suspect. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh. The movie that didn't get her an Oscar nomination. Canon films Death Wish Four, The Crackdown. Ooh. Yeah. Fatal Beauty. I feel like we were Ooh, just talking beauty. about we were just talking about <laughs> Fatal Beauty with Whoopi. Yeah. Um like Father Like Son, is that like a body switching movie? Um, yes. Who is that? Who's in that one? Is that the one with um I uh, want to say that's Wonder, Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. What? I want to say it's Dudley Moore and Kirk yes, Cameron yes, because I think yeah. I think the one with Fred Savage or Judge Reinhold vice is um vice versa, yeah. yeah. And then the top ten rounded out hiding out with John Cryer. Oh released okay. the same day. All right. Same day. Another another uh brat pack adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so I just looked up the, the cinematographer for this, and he did, like, Far From Heaven and Carol. Oh, and, um, oh so he, oh. he works with Todd Haynes a lot. Yeah, he did a – and, like, back in, like, the early 80s, he did um, this movie Union City, which was, like, kind of – it's, like, Bondi and Debbie Harry – I'm sorry. Yeah. Debbie <laughs> Harry and Pat Benatar. And, okay, okay. That and it's, like, directed familiar. by one of the guys – or it's not directed by them, but it's, like, kind of in, like, this, like, no-wave New York downtown scene. So, like – Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's done a okay. bunch of stuff. Because, like, okay. yeah, the way it's That's shot is so great. Like, like the way he shoots the pools and all, the, and all those yeah. houses. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's kinda... some cool tracking shots. There's some cool like steady cam stuff going on in the parties. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some. There's some good. There's some interesting stuff happening. So I know, um, like for like Brett Easton Ellis, like he was very inspired by American Gigolo. Like that. Sure. I kind of... I thought of American Gigolo because yeah. I just watched that movie for the first time a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. And I did think about American Gigolo when watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of and like his. I mean, like the carrying the character's name is Julian. Like uh, the mm-hmm. Richard Gere character's name is Julian, mm. and like that kind of like ambivalent sexuality that he has and the same kind of like social circles of like running with stars and LA like high class. Yeah. Um, but, but then also being involved in like the CD side of like drugs and sex work. So like that was I a, thought a lot how writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought a lot with the cinematography of how um, some of these buildings are shot. Yeah. It's kind of like, it reminded me how, um, Julian's apartment in American Gigolo is shot. Totally, his yeah. old, his, that old cool building that he lives like at Britain in that movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I watched okay, that again recently right. too, and like, I really picked up on it. We got to cover American Gigolo on the podcast. Sure, it would be interesting to talk about. It's a lot better than I thought it was. I think when I watched it a long time ago, I was like, "Oh, the story's not that great." Like the the crime part of it, I was like, "Eh." But then I watched it again. I was just like, "Oh, it's never mind. It's just about like atmosphere and mood." And as the kids, as as it's the kids would say, yeah. it's a vibe it's movie. A vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that Giorgio Moroder soundtrack is is great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Chili Peppers are in this. So I think they, um, they got cut out because yeah. sure they 
the producers were like, who are these weird, gross, Na- shirtless naked guys? guys. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they're just yeah, two, they they're sort of 90s. cut around them in that scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. They were like too forward facing for the 90s. Yeah, sure. Because they're doing, they're doing, they're in a club at one point and Fight Like a Brave is on. Yeah. But it just sounds like the track from the record. Yeah. It doesn't sound live, but everybody in the club is looking like there's a band, and there's a band playing, but you can barely make out okay. their heads on the stage. Um, and this is probably around the time when they're just playing yeah. shows in like tidy whities and jock straps. And <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. You know, they, so. and like, but then like, I know that like Anthony Kiedis like family has like Hollywood ties. Like, oh, they were, they sure. were like rich yeah. Hollywood family, right? Yeah, oh, kids. Yeah, that's they went to school at uh, not Hollywood High, but Fairfax High. Fairfax, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, meanwhile, if I'm Blair or Clay and I'm like walking through this party, I'm I'm gonna be like, hey, did you want to? Do you want to just stop here for like ten minutes and watch them? Yeah, I, I know that we have a lot of shit to do, but how about we just take like a like a little breather? I, I want to see him perform. Yeah, they're like, this is a moment of time. Like this is <laughs> the, the Chili Peppers are playing. Like Julian will be doing what Julian does. Yeah, this set's yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. Man, what a piece of shit! Though. Like, could you imagine having a friend that exhausting, having to <laughs> run around the city of Los Angeles? I mean, with, like when you're like keeping track of that dummy. <laughs> I kind of feel like when you're at that age and you're going out for the first time, everyone, I mean, there's not yeah. to that level of recklessness, but you've all had to like go and like save a friend who like ruins your yeah. night and like give somebody a ride home and like do that kind of stuff. Where you're just like, God, they fucking ruined this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you've yeah, been the absolutely. person helping more than you've been the person <laughs> ruining the night. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I, yeah. I feel like I've kind of, like you said, not to this, not to these lengths, no. but definitely like okay, yeah. I mean, like, like, right. get your shit together. And like yeah, and it's, everything seems high stakes. It's like we've got to go save them, you know. Like yeah, like, <laughs> we've got to go across town. They're at this other club and they're stuck. And yeah, like oh my that, God. F- that felt not too uh, disingenuous. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And this is all in you know pre ride sharing and cell phones, <laughs> right, so. right? Although. James Spader did have that waterproof yeah. cell phone. <laughs> yeah, the cordless phone. Yeah. That, that power move of just dropping yeah. in the water and not caring. Yeah. yeah. So there okay, in in a lot of the crazy like shots of like, look how wild, look how, you know, look at the excess, look at these parties. I think it's the very first party with the the TV screen installation mm-hmm. and they're cutting past people dancing at the party. And a guy is dancing and he's holding a Sony Watchman <laughs> and it's a portable TV but like the size of like a, 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 a graphing calculator. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> Yeah, he's just holding it and dancing like you can't yeah. even tell if anything's on it but i was like that's a watchman that's a tv <laughs> and it's just like okay, it's a okay it's a party it's the middle of the night those those things only got satellite antenna you know yeah, yeah so yeah. they only got local stations so what's this dude watching like, he's, he's just watching the same feed that's going on the, the tvs e- the evening news yeah <laughs> if he wanted to get the feed he'd have to get oh yeah cable, yeah i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> But I love just like kind of the little quick pans and just like all the crazy shit going. Oh, Los Angeles! Maybe he was the the visual artist. There, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, like you know, Spader having his cordless phone that was waterproof floated in his hot tub, his in ground hot tub that was on like a deck. Oh yeah. Um, 
like what else was crazy in there? Like nobody had like a like a lips phone or anything, but like <laughs> I think we're we're talking about this. I think before we started recording about that sofa. That, that yeah. That, oh my god. That black modular sofa that's in Clay's house, like with the mm-hmm. white Christmas tree, is also in Night of the Comet. <laughs> So, and sure. it's in it's in the radio station. It's in the radio yeah. station that looks like that looks like a sex club. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, the neon like, light. It looks like the set of silk stockings. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Does not look like a reception area for a place of business at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched both those movies this week, and I was like, "That's the same sofa." Yeah, yeah. Night of the Comet, good Christmas movie. Totally, it's a good double feature. <laughs> a good black mm-hmm. modular sofa double feature. Yep, yep. I mean, black leather sofas to me, just yeah. I don't know. To this day, they just scream like yeah. It's like that. 80s, and, like and a Lamborghini oof. poster go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A mirrored coffee table. You yeah. know. <laughs> that, oh, how, speak- that halogen lamp that you. Yes, that Art Deco. Twist. Oh, yeah. my mom was <laughs> my mom was really into those types of lamps when I was growing up. Uh, a little bit of production design that I thought was really fierce mm-hmm. was the tablescape at Christmas. That oh, gold yeah. Christmas centerpiece. <laughs> rich that mom. was the entire table. Yeah. yeah. 80s rich mom. Got yeah. 80 rich Very, mom. Yes. It's like there is going to be no food that is going to be touching that table. They are going to be yeah. handed everything on that plate. They're just eating Tic Tacs and drinking. Yeah. Food. Well, he was like, do you think they're just being served? I was like, yeah, I don't think the mom's bringing out the turkey and putting yeah, it on the middle of the table. She's not bringing out her own mac and cheese recipe. No, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a catered yeah. affair. This was catered, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Because the the entire tablescape uh, is fruits and vegetables all sp- yeah. gold, spray-painted gold, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. good, so good. Sculpture, yeah. Um, and it's the length of like a, you know, 10, 12 foot long table. So it's beautiful. I also have in my notes, Jamie Gertz cigarette acting. You can tell that Jamie Gertz was not a smoker. So (laughs) whenever she smokes a cigarette, you can tell that, Oh, she doesn't inhale. You do not. (laughs) She is not inhaling. She, she she is not a smoker. (laughs) She takes the puff and then the smoke just comes out of her mouth. Yeah. Like immediately afterwards. (laughs) So Um, to which I, to which I say, what a waste. (laughs) 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 There I do be... that, that that bit of like paranoid acting that she does at the end when James Spader's boyfriend goon mm. is like following her in the club and she's like just does like a a bump and then she's like kind of like walking oh, through yeah. the through the club like <laughs> like with a speed walk and high heels yeah. going downstairs. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, like, I was like held my breath for her every time she's going down the stairs. <laughs> that Bill the like. Pimp, boyfriend, mm. hustler, you know, bodyguard. He manhandles Jamie Lee Gertz. In, yeah. Or Jamie Lee yeah. Gertz. Jamie Gertz in that scene. Well, he, I like, take throws it that, her against the wall. Well, I take like, it that they also have a pass because when you first get that character yeah. introduction, when they're in bed and he talks to her like they've met before. Yeah. Well, well he says, I know you. Like, I know you, but they've like, they've had some sort of a pass run in. Yeah. I mean, I would think that's, that's, a, that's what I bought. I from think the she's scene, buying her drugs from Rip too. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think she's getting her. She's getting her blow. <laughs> her nose candy. Her, her toot. toot. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting her toot refills from from Rip. Rip. Oh my god, these names. <laughs> um, I wonder if how the character Rip is written. Is he also? 
a classmate of theirs, or is he like older than them? I think like in the book, like they're not necessarily all. Uh, yeah, like because a lot of it is like um, it's it's the same sort of premise where it's like him coming back and from from school over like a long break because at Bennington mm-hmm. College they send you home um, from sure. school for five weeks because they don't have heat. So like <laughs> in the coldest part of January, they just send you home for five weeks. Okay. Um, Sounds fun. And so that's when he was like back and like he had been writing this book since like he was like a like junior in high school and just kind of making notes and keeping diaries of stories. So they're okay. everything's like a little bit based on people he went to school with. Like like the Julian is like someone that he went to school with that's like you know uh, exaggerated greatly. Okay. But you know, yeah. like he yeah. did kind of run around with um, a girlfriend who was like Blair had a father who was like a movie producer and that, that movie producer was gay and like had a secret boyfriend on the side. That's and, right. And, I um, forget her, uh, her father has a boyfriend yeah. in the book. They're like, yeah. They're like married, but has a boyfriend and like, and mm-hmm. that was something that like Brady Sinellis like picked up on and was like, kind of like, oh, okay, like this is how I can navigate the world as an adult kind of like being gay, but not having to be out and, you know, or, like, uh. um, and, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of, like, stuff that, like, I mean, obviously there was not a James Spader-esque drug dealer that, right. that was that mm-hmm. evil. But, um, yeah. I mean, he, he was kind of running around with, like, people on the outskirts of fame and at the time. So, on the Wikipedia page for this movie, which is Bible fact, um, there's a mention that... In Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge Family, yeah, his his memoir recollects the book being released and him and all of his friends saying, "This is us. This is all of us in our right. in our high school at Chadwick, yeah, in L.A., which is a private and so the school. time that not for a- professional kids, but just for rich kids, <laughs> right? And so in like the time that he was going to school, like it wasn't much more. It was like like kind of eighty one to eighty four, and then he mm-hmm. went to college. Mm-hmm. And, I think 85 and that's when he started writing the book or something along those lines. It's much more early, early 80s references. Um, There's a really great podcast that like, it's like 12 episodes about Bennington College and it goes over the kind of other authors around that time, like the Donna Tart. um, And it goes into like super great detail, but it's called like uh, Once Upon a Time at Bennington College. Like I I was like fascinated. Yeah. Um, About this, this fictional. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, so mean, like, Danny Bonaducci. Like, oh, I was going to say, and Danny Bonaducci said this is pretty much our group of friends that he's taking inspiration from. Kind of that, like it's just it, kind of the things that would happen at this school that, uh-huh. that this this private high school that he went to. And it also seems like kind of like Danny Bonaducci wanted to insert himself into things. Uh, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can also see that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, I don't know where Brady Snell's went to high school i don't know if he went to Chicago. he strikes me as an east coaster yeah no he went to high school he grew up in la oh okay uh, yeah, yeah so he's from there and like and th- like those stories are kind of based around his experience of that and like yeah that's why he was like kind of really into american chiglo like, there's something about there's something about a kid who grew up in la and has a little bit of money and then they go to liberal arts schools yeah. in the east coast <laughs> it's a very specific type it's, sure it's a power and move. they it's a power move and you yeah. know what 
They don't usually graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's... a lot of bar dropouts. <laughs> well, that, so the like, Bennington College is like uh, kind of like famously like, a non-academic mm-hmm. school. Like you, they didn't care about grades and like they weren't – like you couldn't flunk out. Like it was just kind of a sure. come and learn and like a, a non-school, like hippie. Interesting. Like a, yeah. a relic of like the hippie era. Interesting. All right. All right. But yeah, I, I definitely get that fe- that vibe of like that kid who was just like had a lot of money, went to good like high right. schools here, just got decent grades, but had enough to just like. And also, this was the eighties and the nineties were a time when I'm not going to say getting into college was easier, but <laughs> oh, getting yeah. into sure. college today is like you a could completely you could different story. you could get into a a, a nice Ivy League school in the East Coast with good grades, not. Yeah. Like, but just like the yeah, yeah yeah and money and money yeah and yeah. money and connections and stuff like that so yeah I mean, I, th- I mean and I think that that's like what I mean like I know that Brett I don't pay attention to what he's has said lately about like yeah I think he's yeah. like he's somebody who like defends Trump to be provocative and saying and like sure. in the terms of like free speech and being like can- and um, speaking out against cancel culture and wokeness mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all that kind of shit but I I don't think that he's ever was a good guy he seemed like an asshole right let you into the world of assholes and yeah was really good at like observing the assholes around him and their privilege Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he also partakes in that so i mean like i don't think that like he's somebody who's like turned it's like this is what he was he was just really good at like turning the lens on the people around him yeah and he sort of invited you the reader to kind of escape into that world with him too yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the American Psycho was all based around all the kind of like Wall Street people he was hanging out with. And once he like was a successful author in New York and that kind of like, you know, being in the publishing world and dipping into that, he just kind of recognized like, oh, these people are monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And usually people that are in those kinds of scenes are like, oh, no, we would never kind of like exploit that yeah. or let mm-hmm. other people in. But I think somebody like that – and. I, you know, it's it's a way to you know, I don't I can monetize it or to it's kind of his capital, brand capitalize. Yeah, it, you mm-hmm. know? yeah. I mean, um, like like going back and reading Lessons Zero, I was like, it, it holds up. It's great. It's like it, it feels very authentic, and it's like that's what it mm-hmm. is. But I'm like, but I'm like, God, these people are fucking the worst. <laughs> like these oh, are not yeah, good yeah. characters. It's not the Reagan. Super mm-hmm. couple that like Blair and Clay turn into <laughs> who try to save right. their friend from mm-hmm. gay sex and drugs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I've I've read descriptions of the movie being uh, being uh, an adaptation of of the novel or of the source material in name only. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know, and like it's it's the it's the title and it's the characters' names. And but there I, might be certain plot points of the I, story I feel like that it's they a hit. Little bit more than that, I feel like it's a basic skeletal structure. Yeah, of the, yeah. Of the, it would have been yeah Mm -hmm. oh i was gonna say it would have been interesting to see this story filmed in the 90s had they not rushed this production in 87 if they would have waited until 95 or 96 how would this movie look if they just waited nine more years yeah i think i mean yeah the 90s were very dark in terms of like drug <laughs> culture, I mean, like you know, in, in yeah, terms of like yeah. heroin addiction and everything that was portrayed um, and played out like on MTV, like it was yeah. like kind of like addressed as more of a thing of, instead of just the flashiness of it. But 
Yeah, I mean, they were supposed to do a series on Hulu of Lesson Zero uh, back in, I think, like 2018, but never never happened. And it so. fell through, right? Yeah. And then, I, then when you look on IMDb, there's something else that says less than zero. Well, wasn't he writing no a wasn't he writing he a sequel he at did, one it, point? Yeah, um, it came out. It's called um, Imperial Bedrooms. Um, okay, sure. Like, like, I don't know if I want to. It's, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be the an update of the characters, like in the 2000s. And don't they kind of like reference the movie being made? Like, oh, they made this movie about us or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I, I think, know that they do. Yeah. I've heard the movie Lesson Zero exist in that book. I don't know like how okay. much I don't know like mm-hmm. what it is about if it's them. So according to IMDB, there is a listing for Lesson Zero from twenty nineteen. That's I don't believe the Hulu production. It's produced. It's got a full cast. Do you think it's the pilot? It's got a full cast and crew. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did the pilot did a pilot and it's just sitting here? Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who any of these people are. Austin Abrams as Clay. Yeah, I don't know who these people are. There's just a bunch of no names. <laughs> did you see the, the canyons? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, we did. He With Lindsay or, and... He did the screenplay or what is it? He's involved yeah, in it he, somehow. Uh, I think Paul Schrader directed oh, it, okay. but he he wrote it. And yes, we have seen the canyons. That's interesting. Not great. Yeah, I, I looked it up. I was like, I was like, well, maybe I'll watch it because I'm on a kick. But I was like, maybe I'll cool it and watch something mm-hmm. else. That's the one that has Jason, oh, yeah, James Jason, D- James, James, Dean. Jason Dean, no, James, James, Dean. Jason Dean, Jason Dean is from Heather's. Jason is from Heather's. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a porn star. His name is not James Dean, but that's his stage name. Um, yeah, Gus Van Sant is in it. Okay. Oh my goodness! But yeah, we did we did watch it. I think we watched it on demand. It's kind of a stupid movie. I don't think any of it's Lindsay's fault, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it never is. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, side note: We did watch her Netflix Christmas movie, Falling for Christmas. Falling for Christmas. Is it good? Uh, I mean, it's not our new Overboard. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it, the 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 plot the plot very closely mirrors the plot of Overboard. That's right. I heard. But that. set at Christmas. Um, and it's yeah. Gold, Goldie doesn't have anything to worry about. It's it's. <laughs> Is there? I'm just happy Lindsay's getting the work. Do we have anything left unturned about this movie? Let's see. Our final thoughts on Lesson Zero. Good, I mean, good Christmas movie. I think that I, think I might return to this every December. It's a good. It's a good week one. It puts me in the mood. Yeah. And we're we're adding uh, Hazy Shade of Winter to our Christmas playlist. I just added it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got jingle bells in it. It's about snow. <laughs> um, it's a I have a, song. A, a couple of notes about who else was like kind of considered for oh yes. for the roles. Like Let's Keanu, hear them. Keanu Reeves was up for uh, Clay. Okay, um, sure. I think I said that James Spader was also up for Clay. Then they moved mm-hmm. him to be Rip. Um. Uh, Bridget Fonda was up for Blair. I bet they read a lot of really good actresses for Blair. I could yeah. see, like, easily Demi Moore in this oh, yeah. role. I don't know, but maybe she would have been a little too old in 87, had yeah. kind of aged out of the college roles. Bridget would have been good. Yeah, Bridget would have been great. I, can't think of I could also see Heather Graham probably reading for somebody in this movie. Yeah, if her yeah. parents She's... didn't, if her parents didn't let her do Heather's, they were hell no. Yeah, not let her do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> not let her we're do saving this her for Boogie Nights. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she famously had a falling out with her parents over Boogie Nights because oh, it was yeah. so raunchy. So, huh. I mean, yeah, I guess they must have been pretty fundamentalist or Christian or something. But I would have, I think Keanu Reeves would have kind of been really good in this movie. I loved him in this era. I don't know if he could have. <laughs> I mean, I guess actually Clay doesn't have to talk that much. Yeah. Yeah. So he's always best when that. I mean, like he did River's Edge the same year, mm-hmm. I think. It's mm-hmm. 87. Kind so. of you, if you're looking for a uh, an apathetic hero. Is that the yeah. word that I'm looking for? I just feel like he's, I don't know if he could pull off yuppie at that time okay, frame. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to like, see it. I'm, yeah. Love that. That's cool. Yeah, I, w- I always like seeing who everybody who is considered, especially when it's not just like the litany of every single actress that was alive. When you really see like the real like, yeah, these people were up for it. Um, yeah, Bridget Fonda would have been good. Jennifer Connelly probably would have been a little too young at the time. Oh. In '87, yeah, but we love we love Jamie Gertz. We yeah, stand yeah. Jamie Gertz. I think she's in a, great in a, in a lead role. She's not usually used. Yeah, that's true. Um, as a lead, she's just not the girlfriend in this movie. I think that she's giving a, she's given a little more to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as this character. Like the, whoever played Heather Chandler could have maybe been a good one. <gasps> Ooh, she, she a lot more yes, yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. I always forget her name. But okay, there's okay. There's one uh, location that I had to ask you guys about. Like, sure. Um, it's like I think it's like the first restaurant or nightclub that they go to after the think pink. Ice Coke party, that, <laughs> um, and they had the, the tall, like blue, uh, like blue tufted leather, um, yeah, like club booths. So yeah. I looked it up and it said it's Rebecca's restaurant. Rebecca's and that was like a, a, oh, was I don't like know. A, a hip restaurant at the time, and I was oh, just like, oh my goodness, no, I don't know. Yeah, and a lot of the interiors, I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell. Are these nightclubs? Are these restaurants? Um, yeah, that one I don't know. Rebecca's Restaurant up. on Santa Monica Boulevard permanently closed. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, we'll have to look that one up. Yeah, there's like a – I saw some like New York Times write-ups about it at the time, and I was like, oh, this place looks great. And um, yeah. <laughs> um, some of the nightclubs are like actual like places that were there at the time. And that one that had the fire escape that, like, Jamie, Lee, that Jamie Gertz goes and talks on. Like that yeah. was a thing. and you had to go out of it onto the first oh, ship to go between uh, levels. So oh, that's insane. Yeah, that looked crazy. I was like, "What the hell is it like?" Yeah. <laughs> that's like when you could do anything in, a, in abandoned downtowns. Yeah, you know, seriously. Like, yeah. Well, that was another thing too about downtown at the time was pretty yeah abandoned and empty. just vacant lofts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although uh, when. Very early in the movie, uh, Robert Downey Jr. does say that he's got a space at Ninth and Figueroa. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't know what was going on down there in 1987, but not a lot of good news. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the, now the Staples Center is there and LA Live and like right. all that stuff, but okay. that was not there at the time. <laughs> so it's like that would have been pretty sketched. <laughs> but um, the I pantry is there. I just looked it up. There. Mm-hmm. I think around this time, too, I, I read that – I can't remember who the other person was, but, um, like, uh, L.A. Times or maybe The New Yorker, somebody got Brady Sinellis to write, like, a where to go out in L.A. type of article. Oh. And they totally did all the fake places and just made up places they go to. I was – yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
but then those places wound up becoming popular because of the article. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, I can imagine Brady Sinell's just being like, all right, we're going to give some like shithole or. Yeah, I forgot who he said it went around with, but I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that, if you are wanting to get more into that world, that uh, Once Upon a Time at Bennington College is really a good right. deep dive into him and Donna Tart. Okay. Interesting. All and right. They, they okay. talked a little bit about the, like, the kind of literary brag pack part uh, yeah. so that he was in with like Tama Janowitz and Jay McInerney. Is that his name? They did like Bright Lights, Pink City. Oh, oh she sure. Did, no. And she did Slaves of New York. Um, and those are mm-hmm. the kind of other two like movie adaptations of, from that crew. Um, Who's in Bright Lights, Big, Big City? City is that Michael J. Fox? Michael J. Fox, yeah. okay. And he had like long hair and it yeah. was like his dramatic turn. I think like that, the book of that came out before Less Than Zero, but the movie came out after. And oh, okay. I, I don't like it. It doesn't hold up. It's, I mean, it's no, not yeah. bad, but like it's. Uh, Isn't Joan Jett in Bright Lights, Big City? That's a uh, light right of thing? day. That's light of yeah, day. Yeah, that's like the blue mm-hmm. collar one. Um, <laughs> I think like in Bright Lights, Big City, they're both like, it's like him and Keanu Reeves. No, not Keanu Reeves. Keith Sutherland. Mm-hmm. And they're like working like the publishing world. Um, oh, my God. It's always the publishing world. Yeah. <laughs> they're always they're publishing books. And stuff. Yeah. And then Slaves yeah. of New York wow. is about like the, the art scene. And I watched that the other night and it is, it's not funny and it's wow. dull, but I think it maybe kind of captures more. <laughs> Of that era, like it was kind of filmed in New York, like and it was in, more of an indie production. So, mm-hmm. okay, but, okay. No. Well, I mean, Lesson Zero is not indicative of my Los Angeles anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's a fun LA movie. Seeing movies like this when I was younger, even though I did not grow up on this movie, it is something that I do find still to this day to be very fascinating. Of just being young and growing up in a city this massive like that is so different from where i'm from and i still find it so interesting to watch in a movie yeah 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 yeah. i mean with a level of access and money that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 and i mean this movie is filled with just shit in the background that we we're just watching this going what is happening yeah lots of lots of freeze frames and lots of like rewinds and and all that stuff so it still stands up as as um you know it's it's a fun watch even though it's it's got some crazy and sometimes sometimes dark subject matter but you know interesting to see this shit is like 35 years old and like yeah. robert downey jr still making movies i mean yeah. he was still making movies but <laughs> i mean recently. one of the highest paid actors in hollywood mm-hmm. like Makes $25 million for an Avengers movie. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, also, Jamie Gertz. I mean, work just... worth <laughs> $3.5 billion. I love that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what was that sitcom she was on? Oh, gosh. The Neighbors? Is it the one that was uh, one with the alien? She was like... That, like... No, the one where she's, like, married to, like, a, a slob um, Oh, sure. Was she on Jim? Uh, Jim Belushi? According to Jim, I thought that no, was that was that was Courtney Thorne Smith. Thorne Smith. It's, it's Jamie Lee Gertz like, was in one. Yeah, Jamie Gertz was in a Jamie show Lee, called Jamie Lee Gertz. Jamie Lee Gertz. <laughs> Jamie Gertz also was in a show watch. called The Neighborhood or something, and it was about an alien that you're right that, oh, that like that, yeah. that comes to the suburbs or something, and that went on for like two seasons. Yeah, okay. there was that trend right. of in the 2000s, though, like hot woman marries funny slob. 
She was in Still Standing with Mark Addy. Sure. Yeah. With Mark Addy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Good pull. 2002 to 2006. She got four seasons out of it. 88 episodes? Not quite to syndication. Not quite to syndication because it didn't didn't make it to 100. I I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Great. Time, Time capsule. Right. Whatever your thoughts are on Andrew McCarthy listeners, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a poll, see which, see which side you're on. <laughs> but, um, Ben, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me back. Yeah. Ben, we, we, we just on watched you on TCM Slumberground discussing Heavenly Bodies, oh, and yeah. we watched Heavenly Bodies Immediately the minute afterwards. that we finished I, the episode. Yeah, it was possibly. on TMC. It was on TMC like that night, so yeah. we watched all of it. TCM. <laughs> or, yeah, TCM. Possibly a Christmas movie, too. Like, a, is, <laughs> she's a Christ yeah. figure. Bodies, she's a Christ figure. <laughs> like, I don't know. That yeah, the movie's I, wild. That I had was, no idea that movie existed until yeah, Friday. Same, same. Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm a, I'm a better for knowing it. <laughs> so, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome on any time. Yeah. This was this was a, a lot of fun. Yeah. So look look for Slumberground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on uh, it's on YouTube. They can just look for TCM. Yeah, Slumberground. TCM Slumberground, and then you'll find a bunch of episodes, and you can binge watch them. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. Tune and look to- for look, yeah, TCM Underground on uh, on Fridays. Yes, late night Fridays. Sweet. All right, man. Well, uh, we will uh, let you go. We'll bid you adieu until next time. Thank okay. you so much. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs>you so much for listening to another fun episode yeah uh we love lesson zero it's not streaming on anything right yeah, now. yeah they took it off it used to be on hbo max and they took it off mm-hmm. i had to rent this movie from our video store yeah we had to find a um, but the internet has its ways i'm sure you could track down a copy of it somewhere yeah is it, it's not for rent on like prime no. or anything i when i looked on the just watch app i didn't see it anywhere wow all right or at well, least i don't think it is it might be on apple i don't know we'll be able to you'll be able to rent it somewhere though but um Again, thanks for listening. We have right now time for some Patreon shoutouts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't plugged in. We would like to say a great big hello and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons Lawrence, Danielle, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Muffy, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you so much for being patrons. Thank you so much. You'll get access to our commentaries. Yes, we'll indeed. have one out for the month of December soon. You'll get access to our newsletter. 